Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, we get a chance to do a lot of amazing things on this podcast. We get to review football matches, we get to speak to guests and this week is no different and it's a massive exception and it's a massive privilege to be joined by Alan Kennedy. Thank you very much for coming on, Alan. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm pretty well, given the circumstances. Um I'm 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 at a great place. I'm at the ASSC, uh, the Anfield Sports and Social Club, and this is where we play our walking football. So it's it's good to be back here. Although we haven't played this morning, I was deeply disappointed. But you know, we'll be back tomorrow. Happy days. Oh, that's good. That's good. I've heard quite a lot about this walking football, um, and I've heard that at least you keep you keep them well, keeping active and. You can't, you can't ask for no more at the current climate, can you? The, the things have opened back up. How's how's things been for you, Jordan, the whole lockdown situation and as things have changed? Because obviously you're very into sport and, and that all had to stop, Jordan, lockdown. Yeah, I've, I've been very much into, um, first of all, the walking football. I've been coming here for the last three or four years um, and it's done through um, a guy called Bill Bygroves, who's the, the chaplain at the football club and Bill's asked me to, to come along and, you know, just talk, have a chat with the, 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 the people who, who, who are here. Mm. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's, it's been absolutely wonderful. I've really, really enjoyed talking to people, having a cup of tea afterwards, finding out how their lives are, are coping as well. Um, but it, 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 it's been a challenge the last 12 months, there's no doubt about it, but I'm slowly, slowly getting there. And I do, play other sports as well. Um, I'm, I'm quite keen on tennis at the moment. I think that's uh, that's keeping me going as well. So by the time I'm um, Monday is gone and I play football twice on a Monday, I get on to Tuesday 
And I play once on a Tuesday, play maybe ten, tennis on a Wednesday and a Friday. And so the whole week seems to be about sport. And uh, I'm glad I'm, I'm still being able to do it. I don't have um, a great deal of injuries from the days I played football. Mm. Alan, um, I, must, I must say this. Uh, Danny knows I was going to admit I'm, I'm a huge tennis fan. Um, and I'll play a bit myself. I'll try to play a little bit myself. Who's your favourite player? Um, who would you watch or who would you like to watch if you, you did watch a bit of tennis? I I don't watch a lot of tennis, uh, but your, your your question about Roger Federer would be, um, you know, right up there. I just think he plays the games so easy, so simple. You know, he's he's very talented. He plays the right shot. Um, and that doesn't mean to say Djokovic or anybody else doesn't or you know, that uh, they do their own thing. But uh, I think over the, the last 15, 20 years, he, he has been outstanding. And, um, he's you know, he's a good example to anybody if they're, if they're going to play tennis. Um, before that, it was probably a guy called Rod Laver. You know, you're probably yeah. thinking, who's he, who's he and all that. I know, I know. You know, he was, yeah. he was just a, a wonderful, wonderful tennis player. And, I, 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 you know, I didn't. I didn't think I'd be playing it as much as what I, I do. But I do like the way players play the shots. I'm I'm very weak on 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 my backhand, as they say. Like you know, but I can smash anything. I can smash anything. <laughs> I uh, I'm weak on my backhand, and um, I think people exploit that when uh, when I play against them. <laughs> I mean, every everyone has different characteristics. Um, even in my day, I mean, Kenny Dalglish was. Was was fan, a fantastic player to play with. Um, don't know what he was like to play against, but he was a fantastic player to play with. Graham Sooners, big influence in, in 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 that midfield. Alan Hansen, particularly at the back of reading the game. Bruce Grobelar behind me, and Ray Clements as well. Uh, Bruce was sometimes in front of me, but um, you know we'll, we won't talk about that. But he he was that uh, they were great goalkeepers um, and. It's about the whole thing. Um, you know, you look at Liverpool in the present state and you look who who's the one that they look to for me. It's it's Virgil van Dijk. He's the one that, for me, takes everything. He, you know, he's a leader. Um, he talks to his players. And I love the way Alisson has come in and, 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 and adapted to, to the way Liverpool play. Uh, I love Andy Robertson. I, I love them all, really. But <laughs> I think if, you, if, you, if you're going to single anybody out, I think you'd have to go for Virgil van Dijk because of his presence on the pitch. We've missed him uh, when he was injured, when he was out for six, eight months. Um, you know, we struggled without him. We've had fillers in, players who've come in. But for me, Virgil van Dijk is, 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 is the... And he probably has been Liverpool's best player over the last, let's say, 18 months, two years since he's been here. Alan, I must, I must let you know, um, getting back to football, um, me and Danny, how we met a long, long time ago playing in the Merseyside Christian League in Liverpool. We're two lads that now live in the island of Ireland and that's how the podcast started. But I'm very much a big hold-up man up front, like like an Emily Hesky type of character. There's where Danny here, which I'll bring on to him, he is a left-back. So that's where you have something in common, and Danny's so excited to get you on. He, we were just discussing before you come on. You, you're probably Liverpool's greatest ever left back. So, uh, Danny, how does it feel having probably your hero on the podcast right now? 
this it's just it's great to be able to have you on alan just to hear even just in the initial of of what you're doing now and i'll be honest alan i'm 33 and i'm tired just listening to what you're getting up to during the week um <laughs> you've got so much going on um and especially still being connected to the club and all i actually i actually know bill bygrove's really well he's a good friend of my dad's he gave me my my one chance playing in liverpool's academy uh, play for the tournament. Um, very much proven the fact that it's not what you know, it's who you know. Because I didn't get there on talent, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> but it's it's amazing to be able to hear. And I want to dive just a little bit into your career, going into the the Liverpool side of things. Obviously, because because you've you've won you've won so much league titles, FA Cups, Charity Shields. Like you won the Champions League twice, which is the European Cup. Um, there's so much in there. And we talk about the current squad. Obviously, you have um, a big association in terms of what you do now. But also, you're a a man from Sunderland, uh, which is very similar to our current captain. Um, but obviously, when you started your career, you started off at Newcastle. So how did that come about? How did you get into professional football? And how did you end up signing for probably your city's biggest rivals at that time? Yeah, well, it, I think it goes on where you live, first of all, you know, and and, and the bus service that we had to get um, was better to Newcastle than Sunderland at that particular time. Sunderland, Sunderland didn't really show an interest in, in the early stages of my, of my career. Uh, Newcastle did, but they, they actually um, they enticed my older brother, to go and play for Newcastle. So um, my older brother uh, basically said, um, you know, I've, I've, I've got a brother who, who, can, who can play just as good as me. Um, he might even be better, but he plays in a different position. My, my starting position when I was a kid was, was outside left, where they had five forwards in those days. <laughs> and um, so I was, I was a forward. Keith was always a solid defender. Um, so Keith went on to play for Newcastle. Um, I followed in his footsteps, and unfortunately, um, I actually uh, took his position at left back in the team, and he's never forgiven me for it. And he, um, no, he has, he has, of course, he has. Uh, he went on to play a great career at, at Bury. He was at Bury for 11 years and, um, you know, I went on obviously to play for Newcastle. Um, it might seem strange because I was more towards Sunderland. I lived nearer Sunderland than, than Newcastle. Um, so, um, but Newcastle, you know, found the time to come and look at me, say what they needed, what they wanted. And I ended up obviously doing an apprenticeship there mm. for, for Newcastle. And then uh, went on to play for them and made my debut in, uh, you probably know, 1972 or something like that. <laughs> Was anybody anybody born then? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to feel very strange quoting your stats back to you, saying that you played from 1972 to 78. Um, but yeah, obviously, you, obviously building up and going through that, I'm sure, was, was just amazing doing the apprenticeship there and that doesn't that doesn't really exist anymore this whole apprenticeship scheme and i know a lot of the the previous footballers yeah. will say about that and do you think that that's something 
that really helped you in terms of getting to know the club and feeling comfortable when you started your playing career there? Well, I'll tell you what happened. It's let's say 16 to 17. Um, you had a two year apprenticeship, 16 to 18. And if you're good enough, then you go and play, you know, in the reserves or the junior team. Um, I only had one year because my father was very, uh, it was all about education in those days. And uh, he, he encouraged me, I'll say the word encourage. Um, he encouraged me to go stay on a school and take extra qualifications and whatever. And um, so I missed out on a year's training with, with Newcastle. Um, so my apprenticeship was only for one year rather than two years. Um, and it, it didn't set me back. It, it made me actually more stronger to go out there and, and play football. Because I always, always wanted to be a footballer. Um, even though my dad played uh, at a reasonable level, level, um, I don't think my mother played very much uh, at the time, but uh, <laughs> me, me, me dad did. Um, but but he, he was always about education, and that's fair enough. That was his philosophy, and um, so I only spent one year at Newcastle as an apprentice, and then I, I graduated to the to um, the reserves, and then obviously went on to play. Um, a couple of games in the first team. So uh, I was, I, I, I'm not saying it, it, it helped me or it, it hindered me being an apprentice, but you have to do the, the, the work first of all. Mm. Um, and the work consisted of, of, of tidying the ground, painting the ground, um, cleaning bins, doing whatever you had to do. Um, and I, I honestly really, really enjoyed that, that, that side of it. I was, I was a footballer, you know, and that was the key to, I, I would have played, we used to play on a car park on a Friday morning. It was a car park. That's all it was out, out at Newcastle United. They, they didn't even really have much of a training ground. Mm. And we used to play on this car park that was solid. Like, you know, and it was, it was ridiculous what we did, like, and how we got away with it. But, but it was just the growing up of being, being a, being a footballer. Always, always, always wanted to be a footballer. I remember, I remember writing in, in um, uh, writing something. What would you like to be when you grow up? So I'm writing professional footballer. I'll tell you how bad I was. I couldn't spell professional. So I put I put pro footballer. And the, the teachers looking at that. Oh, we've got somebody here. Alan Kennedy wants to be a what? A pro footballer. Well, nobody was going to be a pro footballer in those days, but I had the belief, and I always had something about me that suggested I had a bit of I had a bit of talent, and I ended I ended up obviously playing at, at, at the highest level, and and of course you've got to start somewhere and. The start of it was at Newcastle. Yeah. Because I was going to say, you're a very modest man when you say you played a few games, obviously making 158 appearances for, for Newcastle before then signing on for Liverpool. Um, and you say about, obviously, Newcastle, you got to an FA Cup final with Newcastle and it was a, it was a good team. Not, that, that was never an FA Cup final. I never played in that Cup final, although I was there. Liverpool were just 
fantastic on the day. Um, that that was Liverpool for you. That's why, in some ways, you you know, I wanted to join a team that was winning things. Liverpool went out there, they played their football. Kevin Keegan was, and John Toshak were fantastic. Tommy Smith in the midfield as well, and at the back, Ray Clements had everything organised along with Phil Thompson. It was just, it was like watching the best team in the world at that particular time. Um, and that's why I remember the game. I remember the game itself. And I remember being at half time. Newcastle's coming off the pitch and we, we, we hadn't conceded a goal and everything was like fine and, and whatever, walking off the pitch like, you know. And I think to myself, We've been absolutely hammered, but it'll be all right. Second half, and 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 Joe, Joe Harvey, our manager, his halftime team talks is, oh, we've done well, lads. We've we we've actually been battered by Liverpool. Like, oh, we've done well. Now, just got to do this. Got to get the midfield more into play. We didn't do anything, and we and then they went bump, 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 and it was three 0 after about. <laughs> 55 minutes of the game and we've got absolutely no chance of we so Malcolm McDonald you know um, our centre forward took the game well he played his his game I have to say and he ended up uh, ballooning the ball over the over the crossbar um, but that was our only shot on on target uh, and afterwards you know everybody was congratulating um, you know uh, Liverpool. I just I was really hurt by the performance. I was really hurt by the players who played alongside me, and I wanted to change it. I really wanted to change it. And when Liverpool came, I have to say, three, four years later, yeah. I thought to me, you know, it was a long time, but but they had Alec Lindsay in there as well. You see, and Alec Lindsay was a good left back at that particular time. They they actually got Terry McDermott. I think Terry McDermott was one of the first players that um, Bob Paisley brought into the club. He must have obviously saw him at Newcastle and thought, he's our type of player. And uh, they, they brought him in. So um, it was a wake-up call in many ways for me that at 19, you've played in a cup final. But it was a bit of a disgrace, really. I didn't, I didn't enjoy the whole experience. And quite rightly, Liverpool won by three goals to nil. Hmm. So obviously you you play in those sorts of games. As you said, you had a few more years then playing still for Newcastle and then Liverpool come calling. As sort of football fans that, that will obviously never experience this ourselves, what was that feeling like? Obviously, as you said, you're playing in a car park, like training facilities, not yeah. the best at Newcastle. And then suddenly you, you're taken to Liverpool, arguably one of the best teams uh, in in Europe at that point, like what how what was the feeling like going to the pitch, going to the training? Uh, what what was your whole feeling around that? It was very basic mm. at Liverpool. They didn't like players, and they just signed a couple of players because they had to replace Kevin Keegan. So they they buy Kenny Dalglish, they buy Graham Souness. So they're strengthening all the time. They're looking at players who can complement what they've got. Um, now, I was replacing Joey Jones, or there was Emlyn Hughes there as well, so he played left back. So I'm replaced, you know, trying to replace, you know, quality players. Mm. And it was, it, was, it was so difficult 
to 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 grasp for me how Liverpool play at Newcastle, um, very much a long ball over the top for Malcolm McDonald. At Liverpool, it was a much, much shorter ball, much easier ball, keep the ball, keep the ball. And sometimes you played on pitches that were not, you know, fit to put cows on <laughs> at, 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 at times. Like, you know, and you think to yourself, if I pass the ball there, it might go straight, it might, whatever. And, and so it took me a while, and I say a while, uh, to learn really what Liverpool was all about. I knew about the club, I, I, and I remember in the first game I played at um, Queen's Park Rangers, I remember the chairman, John Smith, and he came in and he always had a, a little handshake for you, and he would, uh, he would say, and he said, he said it to everybody, first is first, second is nowhere. And, and it took me a while to sort of like, get the grasp of it mm. you know it took me a while sort of like you know to understand how liverpool play the game they keep the ball they keep the ball why why why, why does ray clements never take a long um like a, a long kick up field and when it when he can play the ball out to the full backs and whatever so everybody's part of that team and and, and i felt I, I honestly because at newcastle you were very much on your own that was my position. My position was to stop the winger. If you can support the midfield, if you can support the front two, do that. But, I, I, you know, at Liverpool, everybody was supporting everybody else. You know, th that, that was the key to it. You know, I, I, if I was in trouble, I'd, I'd soon find Ray Kennedy up just, just ahead of me or I'd find David Johnson just up on, on, on the left-hand side or I'd find Graham Souness or I'd find other players that were, that were brilliant brilliant on the ball and they were comfortable you give them the ball anytime you know that's how good they were and that's how I realized I promise I realized very very quickly how good these players were and how they've been disciplined in, in, in their training you know there wasn't any clear instructions in training it was just give the ball to the nearest red shirt and then move and, and that was it you know it was it was easy but we didn't do that at Newcastle. So at 23 stroke 24, when I came to Liverpool, God, it was so much easier to play the game. And I was experiencing winning. You know, I'd never had a win bonus at Newcastle for a, for a long time. And the next minute, I'm getting one every week. I'm going, this is all right, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it, was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. <laughs> And then the tax man came in. Sorry, sorry, the <laughs> tax. But, um, everybody has to pay their their their. But it was quite. I think that's one of the reasons why Kevin Keegan left 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 the country. You know, he he left he left Liverpool, and he, and he went to play in Hamburg, Hamburg uh, in in Germany, where it was less. You didn't have to pay as much tax on it. Like you know, it was ridiculous. But. I just I was so in love with with, with football, mm. and and to win each week makes you feel like you want to go into training on a Monday morning. You want to you know you want to play the next game on, on Monday afternoon. You felt as though that well the more you play the better it's going to be. Like you know, I had my fair share of injuries in in the first season at, at, at Liverpool, but I was I always wanted to be in the team, and and fortunately. 
Um, Joey Jones left, I think, I think for Chelsea at that particular time, and Emlyn Hughes went to Wolves um, a little bit later. So I, I was under pressure, but I was under less pressure when when other players had moved on to other clubs. And do you know you can just you can tell just when you're talking the the passion that you have for it for for the game for playing. You said about how even just playing that one year, uh, doing the one year apprenticeship, it it drove you to want to do more. And I think that's why you've obviously had the career that you've had. And we're going to get into the whole the the European Cup finals and all of these different things in a few moments. Um, but we're just going to take a quick break first. Um, before we, we carry on and, and get into all that as well. So we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll be back uh, doing the second half with Alan. Uh, and thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, yeah, that was a great part of the pod. Um, the guests that we get, especially former players, they, they, they give us so much challenge. And as I say, me and Danny sit here and we, we try and be professional. You know, our um, our partners um, think that this is a professional podcast, but really just come on every week and chat about football and we get away with it. So it's uh, it's kind of handy. But so we're sitting here like fanboys listening to you. And um, but it, it's, really- it's great for me as well. It's great for me as well to to to, to have a down memory lane. Mm-hmm. You know, you're yeah. reminding me about about um, you know. Let's say in the next part we're going to talk about eighty one or, or or what happened. What happened in seventy eight? What happened? And and it's 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 taken me down memory lane, and and I I love it because I'm testing myself as well here that, well, that I, can, I can still remember the, those days. So good, Alan. Let 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 let's go into it. At the end of the day, um, I remember speaking to Neil Mellor, and um, Neil Mellor said to me and Danny, um, and we, we just played Arsenal. So we all know we all remember that goal that Neil Mellor scored against Arsenal. And he said, he said, Absolutely. I didn't have the greatest career at Liverpool, but I've got that one moment that no one ever forgets. Um, and Alan, let's be honest, um, you've got so many moments playing for Liverpool, but that one moment against Real Madrid. In Paris in '81, um, yeah. I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times before. But I mean, is that probably your proudest moment in the football shape? Um, it, it was it was right right up there. But I, I think '84 was a little just a little bit more important. And I say important. It's the it's the final kick. If you miss if you miss the penalty, then you are labelled oh, a dud. Or whatever, and everybody hates you, shouts at you, and whatever. And you know, to score that winning goal was was, was really honestly special. Goals weren't a, a speciality for me at the time, although I scored in, I think three, possibly four cup finals. The important thing, and I, and I'll say this to every current player as well, the important thing is to win the game, and win the game was fairly as fairly as you can. And that means go out and give it, giving it your best shot. And I think that's what the current players are absolutely doing and have done for the last maybe three or four years. They've, they've, they've been wonderful. Um, we went out there every week, whether it was a new player coming into the team, whether it was David Fairclough, who might have been on the bench or he might have been playing or, or whatever. 
everybody give their 110%, not 100%, 110 all the time. Because the fans out there made it, you know, made it for you. You know, they were coming to support. They were paying their money, whether it was, you know, you know, a couple of a couple of shillings, shillings, a couple of shillings uh, that they, they they paid. That was their right. They they could shout. They could do whatever they wanted. And and even at Newcastle, when I was there as well, and we used to get forties and fifty thousands, but. It wasn't as big as what Liverpool was. You know, the cop was just an incredible mound of earth that that, that had 20,000 people and more, you know. And, yeah, and I, I, I sometimes didn't understand what the fans were all about, but I certainly did it at, at, at Liverpool. You know, I, I'd be, I, in some ways I became one of those fans. You know, I wanted to be part of them because I knew what, what how much it meant to them. You know, if I went out in town, you know, with me permed hair and me muzzy and all that, and uh, Alan, what do you think of, uh, you know, what, you know, and, and they wanted, some of them wanted to be like me. Some of them wanted to be on the pitch, with, you know, with me. And I thought, these people are just fanatical about, fanatical about, uh, you know, their, their, fo- their football team. And Alan, was it, I mean, when we interviewed Howard, he, he went into quite, quite a bit of depth about how tough it was. You know, society's changed a lot. We're all aware of that. But back in them days, you know, we're talking the early um, 80s, late 70s. Um, was it a tough place to be in the dressing room at times? It it sometimes could be a cruel dressing room. Um, um, and particularly f- from the coaches, they wanted, they wanted maximum every game. 110 percent. I remember after the 1981 European Cup final, which we we talked about, and and back in the dressing room, and Ronnie Moran's like, you went the ground too many times, you know, you know, <laughs> you uh, you could have done this better, you could have done that, but he picked out all me bad points, not me good points. Me good points obviously were scoring the goal. But he picked out my bad points, and I thought, <laughs> "Well, what, what, what can you say about that? What can you say about that?" Well, what I will say, Alan, um, we've got a few, a, a couple of questions from uh, listeners that have wrote down. But just before we come to them, um, and we end the show, um, let's just talk a couple of minutes. Um, we're now recording this on the day that Liverpool play Porto in the Champions League, and we've actually won our group, um, twelve points, four wins, four games. I was at, actually at the um, AC Milan game yourself, still witnessed it. Um, how good is this Liverpool team? And do you think, with a lot of players kind of aging towards the late 20s, early 30s, <laughs> what, what would you think success for the next maybe two, three years on the Jurgen Klopp before inevitably Steven, Stevie G is going to come and take over the reins? But before <laughs> that, what would you see in the next couple of years um, would be successful at the football club? Well, I think, you know, I, I, I think... The, the change may have already started. I think, for me, Wijnaldum was, was a great midfield player uh, for Liverpool. And, you know, he's now left the club. One or two will be looking at the ages of players. But I just think, you know, if they're led by, let's say, Jordan Henderson or a player like Jordan Henderson, he looks at every other player and the position they're playing 
and he, he's telling them how to do things and he's telling them how to play, what to do, what type of ball to do. And I think, you know, once if you've got those type of players, I don't think you're going to go far wrong. Inevitable age does creep up on you. Um, but I still think this team is as good as any team I've seen in the past. I still think I still think that they've got a lot to offer. I still think once they they you know once they get we all get back to normal. I do think you know we've got we've certainly got the best left back, right back, got the best centre backs, best goalkeeper. You know, but you've still got to beat the likes of Manchester City. They 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 were and they are the benchmark, but. If you've got a set of standard, go, go, go beyond it. Go beyond it. But it's not just about the front fleet, it's about the whole team. And I think the whole team yeah. has been magnificent over the last five years. I really do, since the manager the manager took over. They've got something about them that, that, that the players want to play for the fans. They want to play for the manager. They want sometimes you don't get that. Sometimes you don't get that in 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 sort of like um uh, you know, in, in in sort of like those other type of games, but I think they're. I, I do honestly, I think the current team is absolutely brilliant. And do you see a number seven maybe in the horizon, or is that maybe being too kind of presumptuous? <laughs> a number seven. What about a number three? Flipping echo oh, and no, ask for for being you. Um, <laughs> number, <laughs> yeah, 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 listen, I don't want Liverpool to break the bank. Um, I want them to buy and keep on buying the players like the Jordan Hendersons, like the Sadio Mane's, like the Mohamed Salah's, who put the club first. You know, I want, I, want, I want that to happen because if you come for the money, then you might go, you know, you, 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 you might you, you might think well oh, I'm, I'm, I just want the money you know I'm getting five hundred thousand pound a week yeah. you know well, fair enough, fair enough. Not, I, I'd like to think that with the squad we've got we're definitely up there to be one of the favourites um, just before we go Alan I've got a couple of questions from fans I think I've got three here and Danny's got a couple and um, they'll be quick fire um, yep. and hopefully hopefully uh, get we get some juicy answers because there's some good questions here so the yep. first one is from Michael Dunbar, and he he asks. He's always wanted. He says he always wants to ask this to a, a, a former professional. He says, "Describe form. Is it solely down to yourself, or is it to do with the manager? So the form of yourself is it all you, or is it the manager that kind of creates it for you?" Um, Bob Paisley certainly created something for me. Um, he took me out of obscurity at at Newcastle. Um, he put me into the spotlight at at, at Liverpool. And, but it's about the, it's about the person. It's about the individual. You've got, to, you know, it doesn't matter how much you pay for a player, whether it's a world record, whether it's, um, you know, you know, whether it's, you know, not much money, but it's about the character of the player. Does the player want to do, get better all the time? Does he want to learn? That's what you've got to work out. I look at Andy Robertson and I look how, how when he first came to the club, yes, he was a bit naive and he was in and out the team, but he's le he's learned so much over that period of time. I love I love Virgil Van Dijk. I love you know I'm obviously I've been a defender. I'm thinking about the people who defend. Mm. That's 
it's all about. And Liverpool do it, do it brilliantly, I have to say. So it's about the individual rather than, you know, rather than the collective uh, players. Mm. 100%. You mentioned the Fenerses. brings on to me next question, um, penultimate one. And this is from um, Mark Madden. And he asks, who's the greatest defender that you played alongside? Alan Hansen. Yeah, simply because Alan Alan's first touch were, 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 was was very fact, and his first thought was breaking up. You know what he can see the play, um, and it was the same with Dalgleish on the other side of it, on the forward side of it. But but Alan Hansen was wonderful at breaking the play up and then coming out with the ball, and then he would get a nosebleed. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Alan, Alan has he to podcast. He does. Um, I'm sure there'll be a bit of banter along the way. And then he he would actually just stop, and then he just pass the ball to a midfield player, and he says, "I've done my job. You do your job." Brilliant, I brilliant. Player. <laughs> um, last question from myself until we go to Danny's question from Mark McCrossan here. Um, shout out to Mark, the, who's a well-known personality here in Shaban. Um He's, he asks, what modern footballer in Liverpool's team now would, would get into the team of the 80s um, and why? So what player out of our squad would get into your team now and why? Um, I, th- I think um, Virgil van Dijk uh, would, would, would get in any, any, any team, but you've got to work around everybody. You, and, and, you've got to, you, and if, if you are the captain, you've got to, you've got to get, you, you make sure you're telling players how to, how to play the ball. I love Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think his possession of the ball is, is is immaculate. He gets forward on the right occasions. His timing and timing is pretty pretty good. Um, there's not a lot you can badly you can say about the team because the team are just doing it all the time. Um, but I mean, you know, Vir- Virgil for me would be a must in in, in anybody's team, and and he, he's a, he's a strong person. He's a He's an athlete. He can he can read the game, but he can also play a little bit of football as well. And that's what you want from from a central defender. I think central defenders have become a lot more important. Fair enough, fair enough. Danny, you've got a couple of questions. Yeah. So last two questions, nice and quick. Alan is firstly, obviously, you played against some of the biggest teams in Europe during your career. Who was the who was probably the in your eyes who was the best player you played against? <laughs> um, I I didn't I didn't get the chance to play against any I say big names massive massive names. Johan Cruyff was a was a great player uh, in Dutch football, um, and I don't think I got the chance to play again. I don't think so. Although we did play against Ajax in in, in a competition in in seventy eight seventy nine. Um, but I I I, I, can't, I can't think of any player that really. Um, surprised me, you know. If, if, even if I look back on the not not even the international front, um, I look back on the domestic front when we when we played every week. You know, you look back on players and you think he always gave me a hard game. The player called Steve Koppel, who played for Man, Man United, he always gave me a difficult game because he, he he could he could play on the inside of you, he can play on the outside of you as well. And I always found him a, a difficult. Mike Summerby. If you can remember these names from from the seventies and eighties, bit it's more. Intim- Man City, yeah, Man City, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, but he, he was very intimidating. 
you know, he he would like, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna break your leg, like you know. I would think, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you can have the ball. Don't worry, you can have the ball. Don't worry, you give him the ball, like you know. Um, it was it was intimidation in in those days. You know, the Billy Bremners of the world and the Johnny Gileses of the world and the, the Norman Hunters. You know, these were we called them assassins. Mm. You know, but we we had our own as well, by the way. So. They they looked after us. They looked after us, which which was great. But but I was never afraid of anybody on the pitch. No, no, because when you've got the likes of Sunes, when you've got the likes of Ray Kennedy, Jimmy Case, you're in good hands. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say you definitely played in a team that I think people were more afraid of you than you was of them. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the last question from me as we finish is: When you look back over your career now. What is the one, and we may have already touched on it, but what is the one moment that stands out for you that you remember when you when you look back on the career you had? Um, can I just say, signing, signing for Liverpool on the dotted line was the best thing I ever did. And to walk out in that, that first ever game uh, and, and touch the sign and, and people telling you what it means to touch the sign, I'd only heard about it and... and I, I just felt, whoa, this is, and it was extra special. And then going down the, the old stand, going down the steps, up the other side, turning right, running towards the cop. Mm. Great, great. It was a great sound. It was a great sight. Um, I, I, I never got sick of it. I, I was always, yeah, okay, I'm doing it for them. I'm doing it for them. That's why I, maybe sometimes I was in the team because I wanted to fight anybody on the pitch. I remember Joe Jordan fight, fighting with him. Joe Jordan had no teeth. And he's like, oh, and he's like, going, I'll have you, I'll have you. I'm giving it what for to him, like, you know, but I would have, I would have, I would have fought for anybody, you know, for the fan and I fought for the team. You know, maybe, maybe that's why I, I was in the team. I don't know, but I, I, I did, I did feel as though that it was about the team effort and that's what they drummed into us all the time. The Ronnie Morant, the Joe Fagans, the, you know, the, the Roy Evans, they all drummed into you. You're playing for the team and you're playing to win. Okay. That's what keeps everybody happy. It was brilliant. It was such a great, great time. And I'm sure the players of today appreciate what the fans are doing to, to Liverpool at the moment. Yeah. What a way to end an amazing podcast. And, and, we said to you at the half time as well and about it. It's 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 only for it's not for YouTube and that it's just for the radio and and for all our uh, streaming platforms. But it's a shame in a way because all you do for the whole interview is smile. I'm, I'm getting you know I sometimes get over animated sometimes like you know and, and well, you've, you've done absolutely brilliant and it's been an absolute honour and privilege and the smile on your face. But to me and Danny are these because. You know, we get nervous. You, you know, we, we don't really mention this, but we get nervous. You know, you're, you're our, probably our biggest guest so far, so we're so happy. And I can't end the podcast rock banking in the background there, uh, Jamie Higgs. Uh, Jamie, <laughs> thank you so, so much for getting sorted. Um, <laughs> congratulations to you, Natasha, um, on baby Kian. Is it Kian or Kian, buddy? Kian. Kian. Congratulations to you, Natasha, on baby Kian. You can be here, we'll be at Liverpool one night. How do you want to play the boys? Is it? Is it? You play the walking football together, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think, see, that, that that's the future now. But they all, they, I want to tell, tell you a little secret. They, they all run. They all run, you see. They don't, they don't walk. I keep saying, walk, walk. They don't know what. 
They don't know what it means. They don't know what it means. Do you get caught up I as got, well? I got, yeah, caught, yeah. I got caught, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, boys. What a way to end it. Um, it's been an honour. It's been a privilege. Um, thank you so much. People like us and interviews with guys like yourself found legends of Liverpool Football Club. And let, let, let's not be around the bush. You are an absolute living legend. So thank you so, so much. Um, and yeah, what, what a way to end. Let's hope that we win tonight, um, even though we've won the group. Renee, listen, in the meantime, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.